Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I sit down in Los Angeles with Nancy Hulla. Nancy is an incredible visionary. She is the innovator behind a company called Brand Story and has spent a lot of her life in brand strategy, storytelling, and audience building. But most importantly right now, Nancy is part of a movement called The Pillar Life. If you're unfamiliar with The Pillar Life, you've got to listen today and learn about it. It is an incredible vision that was started by both Nancy and her friend Sherry Salata. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hey everyone, how you doing this week? I am really, really excited about this episode in particular. It's amazing how things just kind of show up when you least expect it. I was at a conference with Oprah Winfrey a number of years ago called the Life You Want Conference, and uh, Oprah was doing a whole weekend seminar in a stadium in Seattle, and uh, my wife and I decided to go check it out. Uh, It was my wife's birthday, and it was on her bucket list to be in the same room as Oprah. So we went to this conference, and it was just incredible. And I remember sitting there in the audience all weekend, and on the breaks, I would look back, and um, at the soundboard in the stadium was a group of people who were like dancing and having a good time. And I came to learn that one of those people, one of the head people at that sound booth, was a woman named Sherry Salata. And I, I looked her up because I was just totally blown away by her energy and her aura. And it turns out that Sherry is actually, or was, the president of the OWN Network. And just an incredible woman. Her accomplishments and her vision and her vibe and just her energy. So I've been following Sherry on Instagram for years. And about a year ago, I found out that Sherry was starting a new movement called The Pillar Life with her friend Nancy Hulla. And I got to know a little bit about the pillar life, and I was just totally blown away with with what these two have been creating. It's just absolutely incredible. They uh, both uh, turned 50 recently, and um, they are not your average 50-year-olds. They have a perspective about life that is so inspiring and life-changing, and I wanted to know more. So I sat down with Nancy. I reached out to her, and I sat down at her place a few weeks ago in Los Angeles, And we had such an inspiring discussion about how ageism really is totally a myth. And the fact that uh, we put these expectations on ourselves that somehow we're getting older and there's not enough time to do everything we want, that is just totally a myth. And after sitting down with Nancy, I was so encouraged to realize that life is always a new beginning and it's all about your mindset. So this week on the podcast... um, Nancy's going to share a lot of wisdom with you about the power of storytelling. Uh, We talked a lot about just this whole idea of creating the life you want based on a bunch of pillars that her and Sherry have put together. Um, If you haven't checked out their podcast as well, you've got to check that out. It's called The Sherry and Nancy Show, and um, they just put a lot of great energy out into the world. So I'm really, really excited to introduce you today to Nancy Hulla. She's just a sweetheart of a woman and a big heart. Amazing insights. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Nancy Hulla. I'm sitting in one of the most chill houses in West Hollywood, LA. Yes. And I just got to town from Canada. Nancy Hull is here with us. Nancy, thanks for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I'm what? so happy that you're here in my chill house. It is a chill house, isn't it? it the second I walked in, I was just like, I just want to live here. It oh, feels good. so awesome in here. Oh, that's nice. It's that beautiful. Is, that is high praise. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. I love it. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So I have a lot of listeners in Canada where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And... I've been telling people I'm coming to speak to Nancy Hulla and I'm like so excited about this because I'm a huge fan. And a lot of people, who's Nancy Hulla? So I'm really, really excited to introduce people to you today on the show. Oh, good. Yeah. So let's just start with like, um, if you could just give us a little bit of an overview about the work you're doing in the world right now. 
mm-hmm. um, around the story and the pillar life. Yeah. So um, my my best friend of 30 years, Sherry Salata, and I started a company about three years ago. And one of the very first things we did was decide that we were going to to really live the life of our dreams. That mm-hmm. that in, in, in tandem with starting our own media company, we were just going to grab the brass ring in, in all areas. And so we started having really, really honest, authentic conversations about um, the parts of our life where we really felt like we weren't firing on all cylinders, you know, and, and Sherry and I have been really best friends for 30 years. We've had a front row seat to each other's ups and downs, and she's had an amazing career with Oprah Winfrey, and she was the, the president of, of OWN and the president of Harpo Studios, and I've had my own amazing career um, as, a, as a writer and as a, as a single mom of two kids, and so we've had great successes, but there were, there's always something, you know, that you feel like, and especially you know, at the end of each year, the beginning of each new year, you feel like, gosh, you know, there are things that I want to ramp up and there are things I want to delete from my life and I want to edit a little bit and then I want to like, you know, um, get reinvigorated in other areas. And so, you know, because we're really, really great friends and we know each other so well, listen, it was like no holds barred. Like, let's be vulnerable. Let's talk to each other. And around the same time, we decided to start a podcast, um, which is now called The Sherry and Nancy Show. I'm a huge fan of. Which you're a huge fan of, which is adorable. I love it. The Sherry and Nancy Show. And we, um, we, it, it, the original name of it was This is 50 with Sherry and Nancy. And we were saying, you know, middle, the middle of life is the perfect time to, to not wind down, but to really ramp up, to huh. decide that you've got another 50 to go. You sound like Louise Hay. Oh, (laughs) yes, of course I do. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the idea, you know, and and Sherry had in her career with Oprah, she had a a lot of contact with a lot of wisdom keepers and a lot of um, elevated thinkers like Deepak Chopra and Chris Carr and Martha Beck and, you know, all all of the great uplifters. Right. And so she is always she and I have always been talking about this stuff because I've, of course, had a front row seat to it, too, because we've been such good friends. But now we had our own platform and we had our own conversation. And, you know, honestly, to God, when we started, I'm telling you, we thought, okay, well, you know, my, my a couple of my friends and a couple of your cousins are going to be our listeners, and that's that's <laughs> it. But interestingly, it's really taken off, and in the last year and a half, I mean, we're approaching like a million downloads now. Wow! So people are really, I think, grabbing onto this notion that, um, you know, to approach life with with real unbridled joy and with real optimism, yeah. and to really decide though to have a framework and decide about how you want to improve your life. You know, it's one thing to say, be happy or, you know, go for it. But what, you know, sometimes you need an actual framework. And when you think about, well, what does that mean for me where I stand right now in my shoes? And so when Sherry and I were talking on our podcast with each other, we started very organically. And this is the truth. We did not set out to have eight pillars um, (laughs) and the pillar life. We, We were just having a podcast between two girlfriends and we thought it was a hoot. We, we were like Thelma and Louise. We were like Laverne and Shirley, right? You still are. <laughs> we, were, we were like, let's just talk about stuff that we care about. Right. And so, um, and so we started talking about the pillars and we started with five and then it grew to seven and now, you know, now we have eight and it's really the eight cornerstones of, of what we think of as a happy life wow. and, and really, you know, deciding to, to treat this as a life guidance system. And the reason we call them pillars is because, you know, in my mind, when I say pillar, I think of a, like, you know, eight beautiful white columns surrounding me like a Greek amphitheater. Oh, and this I love is, it. And this is like the structure of my happy life. And this is, and I get to wake up every day and touch one or, or two or all of the pillars and make sure that I'm on track with the kind of woman I want to be, with the kind of mother I want to be, the kind of friend I want to be, the kind of human I want to be, you know, and not just sort of go you know, unconsciously through my day or non-deliberately through my life, but really to think about, well, I've, I've said these eight pillars matter to me. And I've said within these eight pillars, these are the things that I want to improve. And these are the things that I want to edit. Am I doing those things? Wow. You know, and it's just kind of a loving, kind way to approach um, transformation and to approach self-care and not beating yourself up, not saying, Oh God, you haven't been to the gym in a week or why are you eating those potato chips? So not, not being judgmental, but to really be lovingly transformational and lovingly treat yourself to self-care. Oh, I love it. So people that aren't familiar with the pillars, can the we, eight pillar. oh, yeah, can we go just through. go through them so yeah. we can just get a sense of what we're talking yes. about? So there are, there are eight pillars and I think these eight pillars are, are a beautiful sort of broad brush stroke of anyone's life because I think that you could find things that resonate with you within these eight pillars, no matter who you are. 
And so um, health and wellness was the first one. And the very, that was our, the very first time we had a conversation, we said to each other, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to be the, the captains of our own ship, let's be in the best physical shape of our lives. Let's feel really comfortable in our own skin. Let's feel like we can scale a mountain if we need to. And so we both said yes to that idea. And I so, love this. And just to say, like, you're, you're in your fifties, like this yeah. is so inspiring Yes, just to hear that. Yes. I mean, that's I'm, amazing. I'm, I'm turning 55 soon. Sherry just turned 59. You sound so, like you're in your twenties the way you're talking about health and fitness here. But that, and that's the point, right? Is yeah. that, is that you don't, don't approach your fifties and say, oh, well, you know, I'm done. Yeah. Of course you're not done. Right. You've got another whole half of life to live. And you know, I want to live life really inhabiting my physical body. I want to be strong. I want to be flexible. I want to I want to be able to go hiking with my grandkids one day. You know, I I don't want to I don't want my physicality to be a limitation. I right. want it to be access. So health and wellness was the start. And then um, spirituality and happiness was the second one, you know, obviously super important. Um, Friends and family, romance and sex, adventure and discovery, um, money and abundance, sanctuary and beauty. Love it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, And a very important one, creativity and innovation, formerly known as work. So whenever we say creativity <laughs> innovation in parentheses we say formerly known as work because we don't think about the the work the the, the creative um, efforts that we're making anymore. We don't think of it as work. We think of it as, you know, let's be as creative and as inspired and as elevated as possible. And the word work feels like slogging through a day. And it doesn't and it, and you don't I don't think that you have to be an entrepreneur or self-employed to think of it that way. Even if you do have a 9 to 5 job, even if you are sitting at a desk somewhere, you know, your, whatever effort you're putting out into the world, um, whenever you're using your brain and your heart and your spirit, like that's beautiful. Yeah. And that's not something that you're just getting through, hopefully to the end of the day. You know, it's something that you're contributing to the, to the well-being of, of, of all of us, of Absolutely. the community. So we, we don't think of it as work. We think of it as creativity, innovation. So those are our eight pillars. Oh, I love it. You know, as you're speaking about this, I'm, um, channeling uh, one of my mentors, Wayne Dyers, and Hay House keeps coming to mind as yeah. we're talking about it. Yes. But Wayne used to talk about um, moving from the morning of your life to the afternoon of your life and almost went to this point of in the morning of your life, it turns out to almost be like a lie because you, you move into this afternoon of your life, not necessarily at a certain age, but just in terms of awakening to this whole new way of being. Right. I'm just curious from you, like, it, does it seem like that for you in terms of your journey? Yeah, it feels like, um, I, I've actually never heard it described that way before. I'm, I'm familiar with Wayne Dwyer, but I have not heard it described that way. And it's really that's really a poetic and beautiful way of thinking about it, you know, of thinking about your life's journey. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we can't help, as humans, we can't help but think of things in stages, right? That's sort of how we're set up as a society. Totally. You're, you're, you're a toddler, and then you're a teenager, then, then you turn 18, then you turn 21, you know, and then, you re, then you're in your 20s and your 30s. I mean, we think about our lives really segmented into so decades. So linear, too. Very, very yep. linear and very much segmented, segmented into decades. And then what happens is we can't help ourselves but sort of assign um, an identity, sort of an energy to each decade. Your 20s are your crazy time, you know, and, <laughs> exactly. and, your, and your 30s are when you start getting serious and your 40s are, and then your 50s. And then it's like, then you give up or something. And, 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 and the, the 50-year-old mark, um, especially for women, I think, always was just standing out there like this, this foreboding, like, oh, I'm, I'm looking down the barrel of 50. Uh, I'm approaching right. 50. I'm almost 50. You know, you, you hear people talk like that. And when I was approaching 50, I remember that was when I decided to move to, to California from Chicago. I moved to L.A. Um, when I, in, in my 50th year because I thought, I'm just, there's just no way I'm going to treat this like an ending because mm. I'm not cheating myself out of this second half. And I just don't agree that I am, you know, that I'm done, that I'm boring, that I'm sexless, that I'm uninteresting, that I'm non-creative, that I'm unemployable, right? You know, that I'm socially not in, you know, n- not in demand. I, I don't believe any of those things. I in love fact, it. I, I think the opposite is of true is true. I think that, especially for, um, again, it's, I, and I can only speak from the female perspective, but I'm sure this is true for for all people, that um, you know, I know myself better now than I ever did before. Of course, I do. 
Yeah. I've been around longer. You know, I know who I am. I know how I know how I think. I know what I like and what I don't like. And and I'm and I'm willing to say what I like and don't like and what I want and don't want. And you know, in my 20s, I was less sure of myself. In my 30s, you know, not not as much as I am now. So now it feels like I just want to throw off any kind of shackle I might have and just go for it. I love it. I can feel it off of you. It's amazing. Like you walk in your presence and it's just like this energy exudes out of you. It's amazing. Oh, that's good. I, I know another piece too I want to talk to you about is um, just the power of dreaming. And I notice right. in a lot of what you talk about, um, this word dream comes up. Right. What does that mean to you? Power of dreaming. Well, you know, when we started doing all doing all of this doing starting our company and starting this podcast conversation in the pillar life um, one of our very first mantras was um, the stories we tell ourselves are what make our dreams come true oh and we and that was can, can you say that again that the was stories really we tell ourselves are what make our dreams come true and it's wow. this idea that you are in charge of your own story. Just like you're the CEO of your own healthcare, the master and commander of your own ship, you're in charge of your own story. And, you know, you can, the minute you change your story, you change your existence. You really do. You change your perspective, you change your energy level, you change your life. I mean, you just said it. You walked in, you, I, 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 I greeted you, we hugged, we've never met each other before. Your dog was your, spinning your around dog in circles. Is spinning, my dog is spinning <laughs> around, I'm serving you tea. It's like, this is an uplifting, energetic moment that we're sharing and we've known each other all of you know 13 minutes absolutely so that's a choice right because you could have walked in and I could have been harried and and distracted and not interested and then that would have set a different tone that would have been a different story and we tell stories internally and externally not just with words but with all of the energy we bring to every every interaction and I'm just very conscious of that and 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 we all should be because we're all very powerful creators we create good scenarios and bad ones we can affect someone's mood with a simple thank you so much I appreciate your help or with a brusque sort of dismissal that you've affected someone's day, you know, and we do that all the time. So of course we have tremendous power over our own internal thoughts and energy when we're with the story that we're telling ourselves, because what's the voice you hear most? Your own. Yeah. Your own voice speaking for sure. Your own voice, right? So if you can affect the course of someone's day with a kind word at a check on a checkout line, think of the, uh, the, uh, the power you have over your own life because of this voice that's playing 24 seven. I love it. I mean, it's playing all the time. So that, so when we talk about your, to, to your original question about dreaming, it's all about, okay, well, if I'm going to be telling my own story internally, either consciously or unconsciously, because this voice is on, you know, auto, an auto loop, what it, it, it is, unless you are like a Buddha and you have so much control over your, <laughs> over your, you know, your own voice. I mean, most of us are just, we constantly have an internal dialogue going on. Well, what do I want that story to be? What do I want that voice to be telling me? I want it to be telling me my biggest dreams. Right. And that is a practice that you have to actually, actually, you know, practice every day. Because if you just let life go by, you're, you're, you will just go down a path sort of unconsciously and, and, and non-deliberately, and who knows where you'll end up. But if you train your inner voice to always be telling you the story of your biggest dream, wow. you know, who are you? Who are you, Nancy? What do you want today? What do you want tomorrow? Who do you want to be? How do you want to impact the world? Those are all the dreams. But I need to train my inner voice to always talk to me about that dream. I love that. And so it and it starts with dreaming big. I mean, if you dream small, you're going to have much less material. <laughs> That's why I dream. When we started talking about dreaming big, it was because we wanted to dream without limits, right? To really blow the roof off our, our imagination about what our life could be. <laughs> I want to hear what this big dream is. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's, and it's all encompassing and it changes all the time. Right. But like, that's why we, that's why we started with the eight pillars because dream big was such a huge idea. So we started saying, okay, well, what does that mean in terms of our, our health and well-being? What's the biggest dream we have for that? Right. What's the biggest dream I have for romance? Yeah. in my life um, because I'm single and actually Sherry is also single so we're both looking for the soulmate men of our dreams what is our biggest dream for romance what is my, our biggest dream for friends and family you know what is our biggest dream for creativity innovation for adventure and discovery for sanctuary and beauty Amazing. for money and abundance what is our biggest dream in each one of these areas that made it a little bit easier to for us to 
to to handle. Do you know what I mean? Because if it's just like dream big, that's kind of like saying go for it. Right. Like what does that really mean? I need a little bit more structure. Yeah. So the pillars help kind of shape that. Yes. And I'm curious too because, um, I mean, I've heard fuzzy targets don't get hit. Like it's a very Mm. common thing. Like do you have an actual process within these pillars to get more clear about what it is you want to create? Well, you and know, how does that work? Yeah, so that's a great question. And in fact, we are we are developing right now um, something that we're calling pillar pages. That we are because that's that's exactly a question that we started asking each other, and that some of our um, our listeners were writing in and asking us. And um, you know, we have a, we have a couple of things that we're we're developing some content for our for our listeners so that they can follow along and do these this pillar work with us. Awesome. Um, and one of them, one of them is called the Ten Easy Steps to Launch the Pillar Life, which um, if you go to our to our website, thepillarlife.com forward slash free dash guide, you'll get this download. It's it's the 10 really easy steps to kind of get yourself into this pillar life approach. But another one, because other people were asking us this very same thing, well, well, what do you mean more specifically? And for for both me, for Sherry and me, for both of us, we're both writers. And so we, we always start everything with writing. I mean, that's one of the ways Ugh, we... I love it. That's one of the ways we organize our thoughts. That's one of the ways we communicate with each other and the world. And, and you know, writing is a, a very important creative tool for us. And so we've always used journaling and morning papers. And I'm sure so many of your listeners are the same. Completely. We're, we're we talk all, about it a lot on the podcast. I'm sure, because we're all sort of cut from the same cloth, right? So so the idea is um, to, to really develop a series of prompts to help people understand what their pillar goals are for each one of the pillars mm-hmm. and what their pillar approach will be every day so that you're really tracking it. I mean, in the same way that... Um, that something like morning papers or, you know, or journaling can help you sort of either set up your day or reflect upon your day, depending on what time of day you're writing. That's the same is true with, with pillar pages, because it's a series of prompts and questions and little ways to noodle around the, this, this pillar idea to help you really hone in on what your dreams are. And I think that the, the really magical thing about the act of writing is that the minute you start putting pen to paper, and you're and I, I actually write with pen and paper. Um, so the, do I. I love do it. You, <laughs> I do. The, the minute you start seeing the words appear and you, and your hand is moving across the page, the more starts coming. Right. It, it really is almost like a channeling. It just it just starts coming to you, right? And, and especially if you're not judging or self doubting or self editing, if you're really just letting it flow, and that's the beautiful thing about pillar writing because it's more more and more and more ideas will pop up when you're doing. Doing it. Mm-hmm. So you might think that you have a really you know, solid idea, for example, about adventure and discovery. Well, you know, well, I want to go to Paris and that's what I want to do in terms of adventure and discovery. I want to go to Paris and I want to learn how to speak French, period, the end. But if you start writing about it, you'll start realizing, well, I actually want to go to the south of France because years ago I read A Year in Provence by Peter Mail and oh. that book has stayed with me for so long. And what I really want to do is get on a bicycle and ride to a small bakery in a village and buy a baguette and ride home right. and open the windows and cut the baguette and spread on some cheese. And you'll start really imagining My what unconscious you want. is there right, right now as you're talking right. about it and it's, writing it down. And yeah. writing it down. Wow. And so that's that's what we, we think that the pillar pages are really going to help ignite people's dream building in each one of the pillars, oh, uh, each one of the pillars. I absolutely love this. It's like so fascinating. And something that came to me the other day as we were moving into 2019 is, I mean, we're so saturated right now and so busy in our culture that to actually sit down and write pen to paper can be very challenging for people because oh, yeah. we're just, we're on our phones. We're just, we're, we're not paying attention in the moment. And a lot of what you're talking about to me really feels it's an invitation to be present, to be here in the now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, like you start, you were talking, you were referencing it a little bit, this part that takes over when you start writing, mm-hmm. what do you attribute that to that starts informing the dream on almost more of an, like an intuitive level. Mm-hmm. Any idea on that? You know, it's so interesting that you asked that because as, as I was describing that, I, I remembered an episode that we did with Martha Beck. Do you know, you know, Martha Beck, obviously she's really famous. She's amazing. She's amazing. And she did an episode with us. She talked to us and it was on a phone, a phone call. And we were recording on, on, on the phone. And she asked me to, to go with her on an internal journey. And the name of this podcast episode is Martha Beck Cracks It Open. And by it, 
I meant me, um, because I just was cracked open and, and laid laid open with by, by this conversation. It was it was really really amazing and kind of groundbreaking. And all she asked me to do in her very very gentle, you know, she's got a beautiful gentle voice, and she took me through a series of prompts. And it was kind of like an internal journey. She was asking me to go back to my childhood, to a moment in my childhood to identify some feelings I was having um, uh, associated with love and, and belonging and, and being in loving relationships. Mm. And so she took me on this internal journey and she had me write. And now I am I, I'm a journaler from, you know, from way back. I mean, I've gone to so many journaling classes and I've had so many writing classes. So I figured like, okay, well, this is, I mean, please, no, no, no worries. I can do this so easily. And I thought that I was going to be really in control of it. And, you know, here I am with my podcast equipment on and, you know, I, and I'm, I'm aware that people are going to be listening to this. So I, I thought, okay, well, I'll be, I'll You're have doing a- doing this while the podcast has taken yes, place. Yes. Amazing. And okay. I thought, I thought, okay, well, I've, I, I know how to do this. I'll, I'll be able to control myself in this moment and the minute she asked me to write something something came over me and I just started writing I mean the most um raw honest uh feelings that 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 I've ever had I started writing them out on the page Sherry was sitting next to me the dogs were all around (laughs) us Martha Beck's on the phone my 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 headphones are on and yet I was transported in that moment just because I was given a writing prompt prompt and I think that it's that all of us have this creative wellspring in our hearts and in our spirits. We, it's all there. It's ready at any time. It's yeah. waiting for you to knock on the door. It's waiting for you to, to put pen to paper. And the minute you do and really allow yourself to be honest yeah. with what wants to come forth, then it takes over. And it's not even conscious. You know, it, it's, not, it's not a decision. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a prompt. I am blown away by that. Just as you talk about it, yeah. it, it just brings me here. It's like it's it's now. It's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, right now, if you and I were to, to, to give ourselves some writing prompts and just start writing on a page, we would come up with something really beautiful. I have no doubt. Yeah. And, you know, whenever that does happen to me, and, you know, and, I, and I, I try to write every single day, but when it does happen, I think to myself, why, are I, why am I not writing 24 hours a day? <laughs> like, that's what I should be doing. And yet, well, what you're saying, we kind of are, but not literally, but, not like, literally, but right. in every conversation, yeah. in every, like you're saying. What, I mean, some people listening to this, I suspect are going to go, well, that's nice that Nancy's a great writer and Keith <laughs> channels these books and stuff. But like, um, how do you get out of your own way to do it? What kind of advice would you give to people that struggle with just cracking open to this? Well, you know, there are, I think that if, you know, depending on, on, on how much you really want it, I think that's, that's, it starts there. Like how yeah. much you really want to be a creator of, of words and, and a creator of your own dreams. And you have to, I think, sit quietly with yourself and ask yourself how much and, and, and why you want that. It's always the why that's the most important thing. It's not, it's never the finding time or am I too busy? Because the truth is we always find time for things that matter to us. That's just mm. the truth. Um, and so it's not about that. It's, it's the why. And, you know, the what are we trying to get to and what are we trying to uncover and unpack? And I feel like there are um, there are great little tools and techniques for just releasing resistance. But but you're right. It, it really is about resistance. You know, I, I had a, an opportunity to um, participate in a writing a, a group writing seminar with Danny Shapiro, who's a wonderful writer. She actually is coming out with her, her new book is out. I think it's called Inheritance. She's a beautiful, beautiful writer. And she, she actually was a participant in a, an event that we did recently at 1440 Multiversity. Yeah, it was I called, the, it was called, <laughs> this is 50 the weekend. And Danny Shapiro was, was one of our faculty members and she is just a beautiful spirit and, and an amazing writer. And she took us through um, a little, a few writing exercises. And what was really interesting to me, we had a group of about 400 people all in one room, all with notebooks on their laps. And 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 Danny spoke in her very lyrical, beautiful, poetic way because she's such a, I mean, she's, she's just really such an artist. And she talked about writing and she talked about storytelling. And then she had us um, do this really interesting exercise where she asked us to draw a start start with our, our pen on the paper and draw a circle and you know just continue with, with concentric circles like a spiral mm. so you're drawing and, you, and you're, you're not lifting your pen from the paper you're drawing a spiral you're drawing you're drawing you're drawing and then and then after you get done drawing your spiral then she gives you a few prompts but the the act of the spiral is just to release your mind brilliant right? 
Yes. And so I think that writing teachers, you know, always have little, little tricks and tools like that. And it's very simple. It's like, it's almost like little, little, um, games that they play with their with their writing students to just just to distract them long enough to 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 let them go i love that and i don't know if you've ever taken a creative writing class i used to take creative writing classes at the university of chicago when i lived yep. there and i had this really beautiful teacher who would read us up she would have us get our get our notebooks out and she was very adamant about it, it had to be pen and paper not not a laptop love it get your pay get your notebooks out and she would read us a, a, a piece of poetry or uh, or she would say a few words or you know or create an image in our minds and she had different ones every day and then she would have us do timed writings and you were probably familiar with timed totally, writings yep. and you know we would have to write without um, lifting our pen from the page for sounds like Natalie Goldberg Natalie Goldberg writing down the bones is this who this was oh no no but, but, it was but, like but I know what you're talking <laughs> it about reminds I, me loved, of Natalie. I loved that book writing down the bones Natalie right. Goldberg oh my gosh yeah and she used to talk about the monkey mind remember Natalie absolutely. Goldberg absolutely and that's all all of these little things are about quieting that monkey mind and, and as you put it getting out of your own way and, and I think that writing teachers from the beginning of time have been trying to help their students do exactly that. And they all have little games or little tricks, whether it's drawing spirals on a page or giving you a 20-minute timed writing with a prompt. And all it's meant to do is say, go. Yes. And give people the permission to go. Right. Right. Get just here, do be it. Here. Yeah, right. just, just be here. Just be here and be on the page and don't remove yourself from the page and just see what comes out. And if you can trust yourself for 20 minutes, I mean, we can all, what we could do anything for 20 minutes, right? If you could trust yourself for 20 minutes and then you go back and you look at the gems that are there and that's not going to be every word, but it's going to be a few words. I mean, sometimes there's, there, there are so many passages that you go back and you highlight or encircle and say, yes, that, oh my gosh, what did I mean by that? I want to explore that. Look at that beautiful sentence. What, how did I come up with that? And maybe it's one, but it doesn't matter. What matters is you've released something. It's like the floodgates are open. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, depending on, again, you know, how, how much you want it, right? Because you, we can all go through life and, and never write a word. Um, how much you want it, why you want it, and then figure out little fun ways of getting out of your own way and of, of giving yourself the permission to be creative. Right. I think that that's it. I think that the word creative is so interesting because I feel like it's, I think that so many people think it's reserved for like the, the, the lofty few, you know, the artists of the world. Completely. We're all creative beings, beings all of us. All of us are creative, every single one of us. There's uh, something yes. there that we want to create. I often say that too, like in the talks and stuff, it's just every time you think a thought you're creating. I mean, yeah. What you, the story you're telling, like you're saying, I am also wondering about this because I know you and Sherry have departed in a way from the world of working for somebody mm -hmm. and you're doing your own thing as entrepreneurs now. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, there are so many people right now moving in that direction mm -hmm. I've noticed. Mm -hmm. And as you're talking, it, I'm wondering if this is an analogy for how you approach business as well mm -hmm. in terms of writing your story and getting out of the way because it can be so easy to get caught up in like who's doing what am i on the right path am i the monkey mind can take do you find this like in in terms of your approach to well talk about talk about the need to dream big if you're you know when you're starting <laughs> your own thing yeah the you have to really really envision it first and have it has to be big you have mm -hmm. to shoot for the moon mm -hmm. right you really do and you have to say to yourself you know what what is what is the the biggest canvas we could paint here and um and then not and then not be filled with self-doubt and not listen to a lot of self-criticism or external criticism because the truth is is that most people are really afraid for you when you decide to start your own business. I mean that Yeah, that collective fear. It's it's because it just it feels like you're jumping off a cliff and that's why we used to use the analogy of Thelma and Louise who very famously at the end of that movie jump off, <laughs> jump a cliff, off the cliff. Yeah. Drive off a cliff and it was like that was our Thelma and Louise moment. We're going to, you know, drive off this cliff together. <laughs> and you know, first of all, it's great to to be in business with a partner, a a, a friend, a, a, a you know, a, a co-host and a co-visionary and a co-founder, someone I can trust like a sister and, you know, someone who's, you know, just super smart and a total creative powerhouse. Um, and so there's that. And I highly recommend if you're going into business, you have at least one trusted, you know, person in your life, one trusted partner who's helping you because it's just more, for, I think, more fun that way. Totally. But, um, 
I think it's important to really not listen to um, external criticism and doubt and, and, and really quiet that internal voice as well. And that's why, you know, coming back to that mantra, the stories we tell ourselves are what make our dreams come true. It really is dependent on the story you're telling yourself. Right. Like, are you saying like, I am such a brave badass that I am starting my own business or are you saying like okay well I'm going to give this three months and if I don't make any money I'm going back you know like what's are you telling a story of fear and trepidation yeah or are you telling a story of confidence and inspiration I love it you know so it's like you have to just do you bounce between those two stories you know, I, I, I don't too much. I mean, I mean, I am, I am very much a person who is inclined toward confidence yeah. and optimism Love and it. just sort of like n- as a natural way of being. This is happening. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I don't have a lot of fear. I mean, I feel like, and it, it was funny. One of my friends, when I decided to move to LA, one of my friends, Richard said, you know, your strongest quality is your fearlessness. <laughs> Love and, it. and I thought that's just so funny that anybody would be fearful of, of moving from Chicago to LA. It's not like I'm moving from Chicago to like, you know, some other country or, you know, like it was just not, not to me, it just felt like a fun thing to do. But I, I, I am not inclined toward being fearful. And I think that in part that comes from you know, I was divorced when the kids were four and seven, and um, I raised them pretty much on my own. And I was a freelance writer during all those years for 20 years. Mm. And when you're a freelance writer, for those of you listening who are freelance <laughs> anything, you know that you've got to get very comfortable with the dance of cash flow. Yep. And um, and it, you don't have a 401k, and you don't have a you know a paycheck every two weeks direct deposit. And you and you have you get very uncom- you get very comfortable with uncertainty, and um, and I did I made all those decisions because I wanted to be home with my kids. I wanted to have a super flexible schedule. I wanted to work out of the house. I wanted to be with them as a single mom, and you know the result is I have two grown kids who with whom I have a tremendous relationship. I didn't miss a thing. I was at all the you know, all the games and all the PTA meetings and all the Christmas shows. And I was a present. And so that to me is a, is just, when I look back on the last 20 some years, I say, you know, I'm, I'm glad I didn't trade my, um, my time with them for, for, because of fearfulness. Right. I'm glad that I was fearless enough to trust that I was going to be able to provide for us and be a good mother. And I didn't miss anything in the, in, in the process. And wow. they grew up with somebody who felt like she had her hands on the wheel and everything was okay. It's and, and so, and so if I feel like I've been through that, so what do I have to be scared about now? What do I care? Right. You know, like those two kids were my, were my masterpieces and they, wow. and they're launched. So it's like, well, now everything now is frosting on the cake. I love so this. I don't care. What a perspective. <laughs> I just love it. Growing up, um, I mean, this is to me a rare thing that I, I'm a life coach as well. And I work with a lot of people and I mean, fear is at the root of a lot of people. Oh yeah. So to make the statement, I rarely am in fear mode is quite amazing. And like growing up for you, did, was there somebody that like ingrained that in you or instilled that in you or... Where did you get well, that from? How did you get into that perspective? Because it's amazing. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. I guess it is. It, I, you know, it's interesting you say this. And I think that that's right. I think a lot of people make decisions that are fear-based. They do. Yes. And I think that if we looked right now at our world, you know, um, not, to, not, to, not to make too many sweeping you know, judgments, but I feel like a lot of what's happening is fear-based. Yes. You know, and it I, is. And it feels like um, nothing good comes from that. I th- nothing good comes from from actions based in fear or in anger, mm-hmm. right? So it's like if you, I mean, and we all know that we're enlightened people. So it's like it's to, to the extent that you can help yourself not be afraid, yeah. that's good work to do internally. I mean, that's part of the pillar life approach, also. Where did you learn that? It's just amazing. Well, to me. It's, I mean, you know, here, okay, here, I'm going to say something, and I, and I, and my mom and dad probably won't be listening to this, so that, so it's okay, and, <laughs> um, because they're they're in their 80s, they're in their late 80s, 87 and 88, and. I love them so, so much. But my father used to say to me, my father was also an entrepreneur. He had his own business. And he, and he used to um, say that he, every morning he hit the ground running. That was one of his expressions. I hit the ground running. And I remember asking him um, why, why he did that and, and why he slept so little because he only slept about four hours a night. And he said, um, fear is my, it, that was his big motivator. Wow. And so, and I, 
always knew that was wrong, even when I was a kid. And and I didn't judge him for it. And he was a lovely, wonderful dad who provided beautiful a beautiful life for us. And But it makes me sad to think, it made me sad then and it makes me sad now, that so much of his life was spent in that kind of fear-based modality, right? right? That, that he was worried about because he had his own business. And it was very successful. But, you know, and so, and, and that's, but that's even more sad. Why didn't you just enjoy it? You know, why were you always so afraid around it? And, and he did have that fear around, around money, around politics, around family stuff, around upheaval. And we lived a fairly tranquil life in the middle, in, you know, Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, not, there weren't bad things happening. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, we all, we were around, we were with each other and, 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 and we lived a very kind of like a sheltered life. But he operated with this with this fear, and it made him sort of anxious, and and I could sense his anxious, and he was every once in a while he was quick to anger, and I remember feeling bad for him even as a kid, and I thought to myself, I'm not going to be like that. Wow. I'm not going to go through life like that. I'm going to just be much calmer. I'm just going to be much um, happier, and I'm going to be much more confident. What I'm appreciating is just how he played that role like what he a did gift. he played that role i know that unconsciously was a huge, probably unconsciously and i wow. love him so much and here and here he is he's still around you know he's 88 years old and and he and <laughs> he's like and he's much calmer now and much more laid back as you will be when you're 88 but um i do whenever i see him whenever i go to visit my mom and dad in cleveland i'm i'm aware of that and I and I do think of it as a gift. And I think that that was really interesting that you just said that. It's like I needed that contrast. Yeah. You know, if you ever are, uh, I don't know if you're um, if you're familiar with Abraham Hicks. Absolutely. And, yes. You know, the and law Esther. of attraction yeah. and Esther. And so she talks a lot, and Abraham talks a lot about contrast, about exploring contrast. And that's how you know step one is you explore contrast, right? right. And, st- and then step two is you know you ask. And so it's like exploring contrast is something that we all do. Each, every human does for as long as you're, you're conscious, you're always exploring contrast. There's always something that you're reacting to or that you're experiencing. And then there's contrast all around us. Right. And that was, I think, one of the earliest examples of my life of contrast. Of course, I didn't have the language for it back then. But I knew the way my dad is, I, I'm not going to be that way exactly. And it didn't mean I didn't respect him and love him and admire him. I did all those things. So hardworking, so much integrity, so responsible, great provider for his family. And I ended up hopefully becoming those things too. Right. I think that my kids would say I'm, you know, very much, I, I have those qualities, but I delivered that without being afraid. Right. I can, I can you sense know, it. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And there was, and so it's like that to me was the, the missing component in my dad's happiness equation, in mm. my opinion. And he might have a different opinion. Maybe, maybe fear worked for him. I am, yeah. I'm not going to judge that, but it was an interesting, um, exploration and contrast for me at a young age. And I thought, I, I know the path for me is going to be different. So that's sort of an interesting answer to your question, Beautiful. right? No, I absolutely it's, love it's, it. I mean, it's different. It's not like I had a role model who was never uh, no, afraid. I it's love like this. the opposite. How amazing is this? Yeah. There's um, there's two final things because uh, we're getting close to the end of our... I could chat with you for hours in this beautiful place we're in. Um, there's two Stay things that I, I, I would be like, if I left and I didn't ask Nancy this, I'd, I'd like, you know, stomp my foot. First was, I, I'm just so curious. I don't know the backstory of how you met Sherry. Oh, <laughs> I'd That's love a, to know that. Oh, okay. I'll tell you. That is a great story. Okay. So I say 30 years ago, it's actually 29. If she, when she's listening to this, she's going to say it's 29. <laughs> um, I, I tend to round off. But uh, so Sherry was uh, a colleague and a good friend of my then husband. And so uh, we, I, we were living in Chicago and uh, Chris and I were living in a townhouse. We were, you know, newly married and living in a townhouse downtown. And, and uh, Chris was, uh, and Sherry were working together on a project. And he said to her, you know, you got to come over to the house. I, you got to meet my wife. She's going to love you. And Sherry, so when you meet Sherry, you'll, you'll, you'll know she's, she could be very proper. You know, she's very civilized. And she, and she did not think that it, that was a good idea for, for her to just show up <laughs> at some woman house with him with her hu- new husband and be sitting around having a cocktail in the middle of the day while I walk in and she didn't want to do it but Chris was adamant come on over you're gonna love her 
Uh, so it. he brought her over and so he's and her, she tells this story and it's so funny he was showing her around the house and he was saying well come on I'll give you a tour here oh look here's the master bedroom and Sherry's like uh-huh uh-huh okay that's really nice <laughs> awkward and, from, from the hallway okay that's great let's go back down to the kitchen and so she, there she is sitting at the kitchen table and, and Chris is busily uh, preparing drinks and little things to eat and I walk in and I put my stuff down and I sat down and I said who are you and um, and she introduced herself, and, and you know, Chris introduced us, and we immediately started talking. I mean, it was just so funny, and we both remember it this way too, which which makes me sure that it's true. We were sitting across the table. I can picture her in my mind's eye, and we started immediately talking about things that we both like, which is just so hilarious and so representative of our friendship. And the way I like to say it is, we started a conversation that we're still having to this day. We started talking to each other about our love of books, and oh my God we should start a book club, which by the way, we did weeks later. And don't we both love Bruce Springsteen and da, da, da. And it was just like a, like a, Hold like a, 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 like a waterfall of conversation immediately. And I remember I reached across the table and took both of her hands in my hands. And I said, I like you. Right then. And right. Th- and that was it. Wow. It was like immediate friendship love. I was like, I, I like this one. And, um, you know, we've been friends ever since. I and mean, we've been friends for, you know, like I said, 29, 30 years. And during the divorce, um, I, I make this joke, even though my friends with my ex-husband, he's a nice guy, <laughs> good, 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 a very good father. Um, I always say, I, you know, I got Sherry in the divorce. <laughs> <I love laughs> it's like, it. she's, my, she's my best friend, not yours. Right. Um, so that's where we met. We met in Chicago. Yeah. Wow. As yeah. you're describing it, I'm having this um, image in my mind of just this like um, combustion of like beautiful light when you met in that moment. It, it's just yeah. this like... It was it, it was a meant to be moment. Yeah. It was like, it was almost like um, we, we, we started in the middle of a conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like we were strangers and we just started talking and it was just... And it was as if we we picked up on a conversation we had been having already. Wow! It was just really, really natural, and that's why it's just so funny to both of us, and so and so great that we're having a, a, a podcast conversation with each other, and people are listening in, and and people are saying things like, "I feel like I'm there with you guys," and yeah. it feels like I can pull up a chair and pour a glass of wine, and I'm right there with you. It does, and it's and it's funny because that's literally the foundation of of every conversation we've ever had yeah. it's just it's just funny that's that's magic the the final piece of this actually kind of leads into it it's i'm curious like you were talking earlier about blue sky mm-hmm. dream big so collectively between you two right now like what's the dream what's the big dream if you were well, to go to that horizon yeah the big dream i think is to have a a, a pillar life um platform that felt really, really far reaching, you know, that we are telling this story, our story and other people's stories, you know, our voices and other voices. And we're all sort of talking about this, this, this enlightenment and upliftment and improving and, and joyfulness and unbridled happiness. And there were, there were ways to reach as many people as possible. So I think our big dream has to do with, you know, the podcast growing and growing and growing. Um, I think that the pillar life platform growing and growing and growing, publishing our own books, uh, publishing other people's books, um, you know, telling stories that feel really uplifting. Wow. And and that that really is like the more more and more and and this is part of my my personal enlightenment and I, that I'm really grateful for is that I really have realized in the last year or so that I want to be of service, you know, contribute to the world in a meaningful way. That it's not just about lining my pockets. It's not about buying a bigger house or another car. It's not, you know, it's not about things, it's about experiences. And we all, I think, would agree that that's, that those are more important. But it, even beyond my own experience, like the, the collective experience, the human experience, like, I hope that I'm contributing to it in some way, you know, (laughs) and and that's, and that's what I, that's what I, I would hope is that what, what other, whatever small way, you know, I can be of service to anyone else's happiness, to anyone else's peace of mind, I want to do that. So, you know, whether that's speaking in public, whether that's writing books, whether that's putting on more podcasts, whether, you know, however we can contribute to the collective conversation around 
our, our collective good. That's what we both want to do. And to me, that is a huge dream. Yeah. It's a huge dream and it doesn't it doesn't have a dollar sign attached to it. It it, it has sort of a, a like a heart Service. a heartbeat attached to it. Yeah. I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What I love right now too, those of you listening, you can't see it, but look, look it's getting darker. We're getting into the yeah. evening of yeah. the day here. And um it's very symbolic in Hawaii in the the work I've been writing. The Hawaiians, ancient Hawaiians believe that the beginning of the day happens as the sun is setting at night. Oh. And it's because you go into dream time. Where all things begin. So then as the sun comes up the next morning, what you've been internally dreaming about starts showing up in the world around you. Oh, I love that. Isn't that amazing? That's beautiful. And as we're sitting here and you're sharing all of this about the dreaming and the storytelling, it's just like, I totally feel it for you. I'm just so excited about this. Oh, that's great. And I love that. That's a beautiful, beautiful image. Yeah. And it does the qual. I love the quality of light right when the, the, the day meets the night, you know, that, that, that moment of dusk. The magic light. It's, yeah. It's this magic and it just feels like a, like a, a beautiful peacefulness and, um, and so I, uh, I can see that. I can see that that being It's like the Eagles. Poetic. One of the Eagles albums has a magic light. I'm thinking of like that. Hotel California, oh. I think it is. <laughs> As we sit here in California. Yes. Cool. Well, Nancy, I am so grateful that you took the time to be here. And I know a lot of people listening here are just super inspired. I can feel it. Just the heartbeat from it already. Um, where, can, where would be the best place to find you? Because I know there's a lot of different aspects. Yeah, I think the best place is thepillarlife.com. That's our that's our digital platform, thepillarlife.com. And um, when you go to thepillarlife.com, you'll see all the kind of the content and the stories that we're creating. So there's the the Pillar Life Kitchen where I'm where I'm writing a bunch of um, plant based um, recipes and, and, and plant powered you know goodness, and the, our the Sherry and Nancy Show podcasts are there, and which are our, amazing, and our which are really fun, and our we have the the Sherry and Nancy Show every week, and then we have the Better, so we have a full podcast that that um, is published every. Tuesday and then every Thursday we have a mini episode called Better about things that we love. Mm-hmm. And um and then also on the pillarlife.com you'll see what we what the way we talk about and the way we sort of unpack the eight pillars. And so there's a description of each one of the pillars and there's conversations that we're having around each pillar. And as I said before, there's our free guide, um, the 10 easy steps to launch your pillar life. So if you go to that, um, the pillarlife.com forward slash free dash guide, you'll, you'll get that. It's absolutely free. It's a free download and we're developing other free gifts as well because we are just trying to get, you know, the content churning out there in the community. Um, but that's really the best place. And, um, and that's where you'll find the podcast too. So you can download podcast episodes beautiful thank you i just have to say i appreciate it the words coming to me courage confidence serious heart amazing heart creativity and love like this unconditional love and i'm just so grateful to have met you thank you oh my gosh i'm so grateful to have met you too this has been a wonderful conversation i agree with you i could talk to you for hours yeah well we'll do it again we'll do it again (laughs) thanks nancy thank you all right All right. Well, that concludes another episode of Let's Connect. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Nancy just as much as I did. It was an absolute dream and blessing to sit with her and learn more wisdom from her. Definitely go check out her podcast, The Sherry and Nancy Show, and uh, you'll learn more about the pillar life there as well. Speaking of integrating some great pillars into your life, I would encourage you to also go check out my free online course called The ABCs of Mindfulness. It's at my website, keithmcpherson.ca, and I hope to see you there. Let's bring some more mindfulness, some more love, some more wisdom, and sharing into our amazing world. Have an awesome week, everyone, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Let's Connect.